0: Get ready. Hello and welcome to College Talk. I am excited for our episode today. Uh, we're going to be meeting again with someone from College Board, but taking a different approach to our conversation. Um, as always, we have our website, podcast, collegetalk.weebly.com. Please check that out. It has a ton of really great resources. It is October, uh, which means that FAFSA is open and you should be doing it, whether you're looking to go to college next year or you're in your junior year of college. Definitely make sure that you are filling out the FAFSA. Um, if you have FAFSA questions, you can always send me emails at podcastcollegetalk at com, and I'll be happy to help in whatever way that I can. All right, let's get started. All right, so I am here with my guest for the day, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves.
1: Hi, Beth. Thanks so much for having me. My name is Laura Henneman, and I am the Director of Partnerships at the College Board, and that means that I get the pleasure of managing our official SAT practice on Khan Academy offering which gives students the chance to have free personalized practice in order to prepare for their SATs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful service. I know when I did college advising, constantly recommended that students use it. Now I know with the CBOSS scholarship, there's even a you know potential financial um, interest in using it, um, an incentive. And, and so um, could you talk a little bit, sort of just about um, Khan Academy and their general resources and what they have for students in high school looking to do well on the SAT.
1: Yeah, so Khan Academy, a lot of people know them. They've been around in e-learning for many years, and they're really a trusted, amazing, free service. So in 2015, College Board started a partnership with them, to make them our partner for SAT practice. So the official SAT practice part of Khan has a huge amount of resources for students. There are thousands of interactive problems in both math and English and reading and writing. There are eight full-length practice tests so that you can really simulate the experience of taking a real-world assessment. And there's tons of videos and articles about the college application process generally. And then outside of official SAT practice, Khan Academy also has a wealth of resources in all of your school subjects and also in some fun new areas like building roller coasters and web design and other um, maybe more non-traditional subjects that, that folks are interested in. And I just want to go back to one thing that you said, which was referencing our College Board Opportunity Scholarship. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for sharing that. And you're absolutely right that use of official SAT practice um, can lead to uh, the opportunity to win financial scholarships to help you to afford college. Mm-hmm. And to learn more about that program, which is called the College Board Opportunity Scholarship, you can go to Opportunity dot college board and learn all about the different steps and the thousand dollar scholarships that you can earn for taking the individual steps as well as the big 40,000 um, prize pot for those who complete all of them. So just wanted to give the, the link for that if folks wanted to learn more.
0: Ooh, awesome. I'll make sure that I put that in our show notes um, at the end of the episode too. So folks can just click right on it and um, probably also just do, i I feel like if I remember correctly, it was official satpractice.org is a great way to get connected to the SAT part of Khan Academy.
1: You can go to satpractice.org. Perfect. Or, of course, you know, if you don't remember the link, you can just Google Khan Academy SAT or College Board SAT Practice. Looking at web traffic, that's a lot of the ways that, that people find us because we're the number one free resource and more students who take the SAT and the PSAT use our official SAT practice on Khan Academy than any other resource, including paid test
0: prep. Oh, wow. Okay, perfect. So it should be the first thing that pops up when you Google it um, with the algorithm and everything. Awesome. Um, So I think one thing that's really cool that I always tried to get students to do, especially if they'd taken the PSAT Um, because that was one of the things that I did at the second school I was at was I would return results and chat with them about Khan Academy and how they can use it, is if you've taken the PSAT and and you have a college board account, can't you link that with Khan Academy to get, like, super personalized practice?
1: That's exactly right, Beth. Mm -hmm. So if you have taken any of the PSAT assessments, so starting at 8-9, or PSAT-10, or the PSAT um, National Merit Qualifying Scholarship that students take in 11th grade, Mm -hmm. you can link your College Board and Khan Academy accounts. Both are free to set up. And in doing so, that shares your performance on the previous exams with Khan Academy and then creates a completely personalized practice plan Um, that meets you exactly where you are. So it highlights the skills you need to build. It starts up at the levels where your skill performance currently is to really help you make the most of your practice time. Um, If for some reason you haven't had the chance to take an assessment yet, um, and that's true certainly for more students than ever in a year with COVID cancellations, you can still unlock that personalized practice. By going into Khan Academy and taking a series of short diagnostic quizzes, which help to establish your skill levels and then also can unlock that personalized practice plan. So definitely the easiest way to do it is just to link your college board accounts, share your previous assessment data. But if you don't have that, you're not going to miss out on a personalized practice.
0: Well, that's awesome. Because I know, you know, even just taking those quizzes, one of the things that I recommend the most to the college students that I work with who are looking to improve their study methods and things is is spaced repetition. And that really focuses on the stuff that you don't know. And so when you're sitting there studying over and over again, the stuff that you're already confident on, it doesn't leave any room to learn the stuff that you need to improve on. And that's what this does, which is so awesome.
1: Right, exactly. It really helps you stretch um, your comfort level and grow where you need to the most so that you can do a targeted effort at Mm -hmm. improving your your scores on the next time you're able to take an assessment.
2: Yeah.
0: Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Well, I also wanted to share that some of our recent research has also shown that taking one of those full-length practice tests that I mentioned that are taken directly from real-life SATs, so um, five of them have been administered in prior years, and the other three were created by the same psychometricians and experts who built the rest of our SAT assessments. Mm. Taking one of those um, three-hour full experience is one of the best things that you can do in order to have the most impact on your SAT performance. So our research that we released earlier this year with Khan Academy highlights taking a full-length practice test along with following the personalized recommendations and leveling up your skills as a key best practice that helps you get the, the most bang for your buck, if you will, with mm-hmm. your practice time on Khan Academy. So students who do that and study for at least six hours score nearly 40 points higher on their next SAT. I mean,
0: and I, I think sometimes when you think about like the whole, you know, 1600, I think students think like, ah oh, 40 points, like, you know, if you're at a 1160 and that 40 points puts you to a 1200, that's the difference, you know, when, when certain schools offer those merit scholarships, that could be the difference of like $1,500 a year extra that you could get just from 40 points. And so like, you know, six hours could make financially a world of difference for students.
1: That's right. So not just will it make the the difference in getting in Mm -hmm. because it might push you right above the threshold of consideration for a school in a given year, but it may also unlock scholarship opportunities for Mm
0: -hmm. you. Definitely. Um, And that, you know, that was one of the questions that I had was how to best utilize the services. But I think that hits the nail on the head because I think too, like I'm not a great test taker. Um, I've taken with my students, you know, different activities, the West side test anxiety scale. And I like psych myself out before tests. I think I'm at like a 3.7 or something, which is pretty high. And so when you get to practice and see what that's going to feel like before you actually take it, something like that for me, even just, even just taking the practice test kind of helps settle my nerves. Cause I know what I'm walking into. Um, So I I can see why that would be huge, even on top of just practicing on Khan Academy, but Mm -hmm. also getting experience
1: with it. We hear that again and again. And I think you can do yourself the best service by really trying to mimic those real-world conditions. So Mm -hmm. while you can start and stop the practice test and you can go to soccer practice or you can go run an errand or answer the door, Mm -hmm. all of that's fine. Of course, the website will remember exactly where you are and you can pick up where you left off. But as much as you can really find the quiet space and time to sit and take the full length test in one sitting, Mm -hmm. put your phone away, have water and snacks, be ready to go in a year like this. You may even want to try wearing your mask uh, while taking the practice test because that is something that we are asking of all students. Educators and administrators at our SAT testing centers this year. Mm-hmm. As much as you can mimic that real life experience, the more prepared you'll be mentally and emotionally for the stress of the big
0: day. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think about the mask thing. That's that's great advice. Um, you know, and I think you know, s- sort of uh, creating like a simulation of the the test environment is going to be huge too. Like, as much as you might want to, you know, take it in your bed or on the couch, I would recommend even sitting like at a table or a desk with like kind of maybe a hard uncomfortable chair and right. yeah, you know <laughs> uncomfortable. absolutely, yeah you know really getting yourself into that mindset of what would this maybe be like in my school gymnasium or in the library or you know whatever large spaces um they can utilize um yeah absolutely so i you know i'm i'm kind of in between these two worlds now doing this podcast and then in my actual job where I kind of skirt between, you know, college access and helping students get into college. But then also there's that success piece. How can students be successful, um, after college? And so I've a meeting with students talking about, you know, midterms and how they feel about them and what we can do, you know, if they have concerns and I've for, for chemistry, trigonometry, Um, statistics and probability, you know, I've been recommending like, hey, Khan Academy has college level and um, AP like prep courses, you know, maybe go through those, see where you're at in in your class and see if you can line up and use those to practice. And um, would you say that starting to use it in high school would help students transition into maybe using that supplementary like practice in, in college as well?
1: Yeah, I think that that is a great point, and uh, you know, even even though younger than that, Khan a couple of years ago released a Khan Kids app um, for lower than eighth graders, for oh, the wow. under thirteen group. So we have students starting really young using e-learning resources, wow. and that is really not just in COVID times, but I think it it really is the new normal where mm-hmm. where you should have a kind of fluency on e-learning and hybrid models where you have in-person in instruction and online. Mm-hmm. And the Khan Academy resources are a great way to answer questions that you have. So if you're in a current chemistry class, to your point, and you don't understand um, how like the binding of, of substances occurs. Like You can go back and watch con videos and answer a specific mm-hmm. question and all of that is free and available at any time so I think that, that that's a great point mm-hmm. um, that you can both help yourself to, to practice gain exposure answer existing questions and look at it as, as a kind of online library of, of resources that are there for you Um, at any time. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the AP resources, so I also wanted to reference our College Board AP Classroom Mm -hmm. experience, which students can also sign up for to access uh, the free daily content videos and instructional uh, supplementary resources that can really help you to prepare for and succeed on the AP exam.
0: Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and you said classroom and that clicked another thing. Um, When I had students that I was advising, sometimes their teachers would be connected and they could share uh, their test results or, you know, for like the reading portion with their English teacher or maybe their teacher was using Khan Academy. Mm -hmm. How how does that work? Can, can teachers really use Khan Academy to sort of supplement what they're already doing in class?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, Teachers can sign up for free accounts as an educator on Khan Academy and in doing so unlock uh, SAT coach tools which allow your students to join SAT enabled classes. You can monitor what they're doing in terms of practice, so you can see how much time they're spending on the platform, if they're following the recommended practice. Remember, that's one of those best
2: practices Mm -hmm. that helps
1: students to to get the most out of their time. And also to see where their current skill levels are. So, how is John A doing on his quadratic equations or Mm -hmm. on the heart of algebra? There are also Lesson plans that were created by teachers for teachers about key SAT skill areas that you can choose to incorporate in your classroom, mm. and uh, forums where you can discuss with other teachers their experiences in coaching students to SAT success. Oh, wow. Another nice community aspect that I'll mention that Khan offers mm-hmm. that's going on right now is a program called LearnStorm, which is Really an effort to support uh, new or n- not necessarily new teachers, but teachers for whom using Khan Academy in the classroom may be a new thing Oh yeah! in their efforts to do so. So you sign up, it's kind of a community challenge, and then you're receiving weekly... Um, updates and encouragement and that real support function from other educators. And I think you can sign up for the LearnStorm Challenge this year through the middle of November. Mm. So that's another thing that I would encourage educators, uh, including both teachers and counselors, for them, that might be helpful, um, in, in checking that out. That's Khan Academy LearnStorm.
0: That's awesome. You know, I think that community piece is is going to be so important. I know, um, one thing I've been trying to do is really work with the different services that we have on campus, um, to make sure that we have like a really nice pipeline where if, if, uh, I'm working with a student and I'm like, wow, they really need one-on-one tutoring. Um, having built that community with our academic, you know, tutoring success center, I can just, you know, really easily say like, Hey, this student is looking for this and they, they know who I am. Um, they know that I'm not gonna, you know, just recommend students if I don't you know, think it's really going to help. And so having that community and, and even being able to ask them questions, you know, if, you know, how would you do this in your department? How can we do something similar in ours without right. using the same services, whatever, you know, I think it just having that community even in itself is so helpful, especially because things are so weird right now. Right. Um, yeah. Cause you may have been in person for all, you know, the whole school year up until this last couple of weeks and all of a sudden you've gone hybrid or all of a sudden you've gone online and well, what to do now. And, and so having that community of maybe teachers who have been online this whole semester um, and using Khan Academy in that could be huge if you've all of a sudden just had to switch to online now. So um, mm-hmm. I just feel like the possibilities mm-hmm. there are kind of endless, really.
1: Absolutely. Well said.
0: Yeah. So I have one more big question that kind of Involves SAT and Khan Academy, but then also admission stuff. But I wanted to ask if there was anything about Khan Academy that that we miss that your like students and teachers need to know this before I ask my question.
1: Yeah, I think the the thing to know is that your goal is is individual to you. So maybe you want to not be so nervous on test day. Maybe you want to get your score on the SAT up by 50 points, or maybe 150 points, Mm -hmm. or maybe you want to qualify for a National Merit Scholarship. Everyone has their own goal about SAT and Mm -hmm. PSAT, and, and that's okay. And I think what's really amazing about official SAT practice is that when you link your accounts or when you take the diagnostics and unlock that personalized practice, You can set your goal and then do the level of practice in terms of time and intensity that works for you. Mm -hmm. So while we have these best practices that we recommend, like taking a full length exam and following the personalized recommendations, that doesn't mean that it's really like a one-size-fits-all solution where we're saying you must do this. Mm -hmm. We know that kids have a billion things to do, especially right now and, and especially online right now. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage people to think about official SAT practice as as not another thing that they have to do on mm-hmm. top of a list of stressors, but as this free and flexible resource that's waiting for you when you have the time and the interest in doing so, whether that's thirty minutes Mm-hmm. one day a week, or whether that's every morning for a month. I mean, mm-hmm. we see different levels of, of engagement, and, and I'm just happy to see that the students are using it. 75% of, of kids who sit for an SAT on average have used official SAT practice more than any other service, wow. and, and that's great. So wherever you are in your life, whatever you have space for and what your goal looks like, check it out, get started, Make the most of your time by using these best practices and following your personalized recommendations, and then good luck. Mm. And then give yourself credit for the work that you're putting in yeah. because that's wonderful. You're investing in yourself.
2: Yeah,
0: and I like how you said just get started. I think motivation is, is low and um, the, the prospect of saying, like, I'm going to be doing this for an hour every day, you know, whatever, right. that's not necessarily what you have to set up, but I think just start it try it out, see how you feel. Maybe it's, I can only manage 20 minutes of this a day with everything that's going on, but, but at least start. And yeah, you know, just like what you said, you know, go from there. Um, I, I I like the idea of you don't have to set any goals. You don't have to follow what anyone else is doing, do what's going to work for you, um, especially right now. So that's great advice. Um, okay. So my question is, is sort of, um, so mentioning like the test anxiety piece, I think there's a lot of schools now, especially right now with, with COVID, um, where schools are, are becoming test optional. Um, and, and I think in some ways like that's an excellent, awesome, wonderful thing. Um, I think it provides a lot of opportunities, especially right now for students who haven't been able to take the test because they've been all virtual or, you know, you know, just different things like that. Um, or, you know, for students like me who maybe struggle with test taking period, um, but I, I think it's important to talk about um, with it being optional, what that really means. Um, and And so, I guess, kind of from the the eyes of college board, um, you know what what does test optional mean, I guess?
1: It's such a good question and and right there's different words floating around out there that students might not have heard before. Mm-hmm. so what does test optional versus what does test blind Mm -hmm. mean? And what does that mean for my individual application? If I've not been able to take the SAT or if I've only been able to take it once Mm -hmm. and I wanted to take it multiple times. So number one, the most important thing is the, the health and safety of students and educators. And so while we are working hard all across the country to offer as many testing opportunities as possible, but there may be some local cancellations Mm -hmm. of that. Students, if you are um, signed up to take it, you will receive emails and text messages and updates as soon as we know about any cancellations. Mm -hmm. So number one, we are working very hard to both offer testing slots and then to communicate to students about any changes because I think that that is so important and we don't want to add to the stress of whether or not someone will be able to take it. Right. But then when you're looking at the the growth of test optional policies this year we actually have worked with our membership uh, organizations. College Board has about 6,000 colleges who are members in our board and give us insights into the state of admissions and help with the direction of our organization. The The sense across the board is that colleges really need to accommodate students and be flexible in order to ensure that students have the opportunities and that colleges have the kids that they need. Mm-hmm. Because many schools are having trouble with filling their classes mm-hmm. for the next year because they're they're not able to reach as many students as possible. They don't know about students who uh, don't know about them and mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah. There's kind of been these disruptions um, throughout the, let's say, college application process mm-hmm. and that flexibility can help to counter. Mm-hmm. So schools can consider the whole student through their portfolio and through their activities and their performance and what they've been able to do or accomplish during quarantine time. right? And test optional means that the SAT, if a student has it and includes it in their application, will be considered as one data point, but that it won't be the make or break data point. Okay. And so what we like to say is that test optional means that having your SAT can only help you
2: mm-hmm.
1: because then it's another point of information that a college can see about you. And mm-hmm. since we know that, performance on the SAT, and in particular high performance on the SAT, is correlated with success during freshman year of college,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that indicator helps colleges to see that you're likely to be successful if you were to, to matriculate there.
2: Mm.
1: Test-blind is a little bit different, and that means that schools who have stated that they are test-blind this year don't care one way or another. If you have an SAT score, they're, they're not going to consider it as part of your application. Okay. So that's a smaller group, and I would say for students who are looking at schools that are test blind, they don't have to worry about uh, taking the SAT or, or trying to send that information along with their application. Okay. But for test optional, within reason, so you know, we hear stories of, of students who are driving five hours. Um, to take an assessment in another seat oh. that has lower transmission rates or, you know, really getting upset when there's a cancellation that means they won't be able to retake it and try to improve their score. Yeah. I totally understand and sympathize with all those frustrations, but I would just urge, like, do it within reason. Like, if you if you are able to take an assessment and you're able to do that practice, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it can only help your college application, But if it's just not possible, test optional means that the school is still going to
2: look at you. They're going to consider you as a whole person candidate for Mm
1: -hmm. admission and you're still, you have a good shot. So, um, within a difficult circumstance, that's the, the reason and and calm that I would recommend as as much as
0: possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I know one thing that I always talk about. when we talk about one of the Michigan funding sources tip, um, is that students should just fill it out anyway. They don't have to use it that first year out of high school or even the second or third year. Um, but filling out the application gives you choice and that choice gives you power. And I I think if you have the opportunity to to take the test, that gives you the chance to apply to schools that maybe don't have test optional or they don't have test blind options. Um, and so if you have the opportunity, you know, it just gives you more choice, more power. Um, if if you don't have the opportunity, it sounds like there are a lot of options um, for ways that will still allow you how to, to have access to, to college. And so um, I think for like a state, like Michigan example, Ferris State University, I believe, has one route where you can include your test scores. And like they have that admissions route, but they have another one where, um you don't need your test scores. And I think both mm-hmm. both offer merit scholarships and opportunities like that, um, but I think they offer different. And so, you know, shop around, compare and, and see what, you know, might be best for you. And you look at that PSAT and you think, oh, I can get that highest merit scholarship. Like I just, you know, need to find a way to take the SAT and it's within reason, you know, go for it. But yeah, I, I think right now it definitely is, if it's within reason, just give yourself the power of choice. Um, right if it's not within reason, there's definitely still options. And you were talking about something and it, and it, and it sparked, I just want to make one last point. It sparked an idea for me. Um, when you were talking about, um, you know, what it means, how that score can help, um, and, and how higher scores are linked, you know, they correlate with success, um, your freshman year of college. One thing that I was thinking about, um, studying in college and studying in high school are two very different kinds of studying. And when you're using Khan Academy, whether it's for, you know, your, your calculus class, you know, in high school, or it's for, you know, the SAT, what you're going to be doing, not only are you practicing and learning that material, it dawned on me that you're also going to be practicing study methods um, and learning really great skills to help you be successful throughout the rest of your college career. And, so even if you find out that the school that you're going to is test blind, if you have the, the mental, uh, you know, space and and the time within your schedule to use, you know, Khan Academy and do this practice, I would highly recommend doing it. Um, I have a lot of students who are super smart and super capable. They were fantastic in high school, great students, but they don't have the study skills that they need for, for college. Um, and it's really stressful for them to feel like they've taken a step back. Um, and as soon as they learn those study skills, like they're, they're awesome. They, you know, take a, you know, take flight and it's, it's fantastic, but it's that frustrating setback of, I have to relearn how to study to do well. And I think utilizing these resources in high school or you know even as kids, right with the you know Khan Kids app, gives you those skills way in advance so that you're ready when you step onto a campus, and that just kind of like dinged into my head when you were talking about the the, the correlation. so um, I just see that being a resource that is going to come back and help long into the future.
1: I think that is a great point, and part of it is is that it's Mm self-directed. For students who are lucky enough to to work with a teacher who's coaching them on on their SAT practice, that's one thing. But we also see a a lot of independent learners Mm -hmm. who are managing their own practice. So they're setting their own goals and deciding when they have the time for it, and then they're doing it. And I think that that's a huge part of being successful in terms of study skills in college
2: Absolutely. is
1: knowing that you're kind of in charge of your own fate yes. and, and to, to do an hour to cram before a midterm or final isn't going to cut it. No. You really have to do the the practice and the studying over time to mm-hmm. make sure that to borrow language from official safety practice, you are leveling up your skills mm-hmm. and leveling up your understanding and you're building that solid foundation as opposed to, trying to dump everything into your mind at the last minute and then dump it back out the next day onto an assessment. I mean, I definitely did my fair share of that in college, and I like to think I got better at it over time, but it's definitely something that you have to learn.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and, and I appreciate you saying that. I hope all of my the students that I work listen uh, work with, listen to that. Because I think I I say like, you know, yeah, spaced repetition is awesome. It's a really great, you know, way to put in with these concepts. You really learn them. Um, but you need to start studying like two weeks out and they're like, well, I don't, it's, my test is on Monday. I'm like, okay, well start it for this one and really work on it for the next one. Um, but it, it, it does take time. Um, and I, I think that's one of the biggest shocks to students is, is studies show that cramming, doesn't help, you know, and that pulling an all-nighter makes you a worse performer. Um, you know, it's like taking a test intoxicated basically. So, um uh-huh. learning how to set and create these long-term schedules is going to be huge. And I, even in work, like there are projects that I have to do, you know, that I have a, it's a month out and I know that I need to do little chunks of it, you know, with data along the whole way and And so, you know, having the skills and the knowledge to pre-plan, like, okay, I need to set this time aside this week to do some of this, this time, you know, here, it's going to help you even in your job later on. Um, You know, it's just transferable skills. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Well, I have my my final two questions that I ask every guest, but before I dive into those, is there anything that we missed or anything that that you think students should know?
1: I just wish. Every student who's listening to this, luck. I think that you have the unenviable experience of going through one of the most disruptive, mm-hmm. changing, and confusing years in American education mm-hmm. since, I don't know, the last World War. Yeah. And I think that what comes out of this is going to be a group of kids who are really determined to succeed mm-hmm. and really dedicated and
2: interested in their own education mm-hmm. and
1: if you can get through this you can get through anything and you can definitely succeed in college so yeah. make sure that you're using this, the tools that are available to you you know including these, these three SAT prep resources and um, give yourself credit for, for what you're experiencing and, and I wish each and every one of you luck in your college application.
0: Yeah absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, definitely good luck to everyone. It's you're, you're moving mountains. You may not even realize that you are, but just from my experience, looking at what you all are doing, I'm constantly impressed. So absolutely. All right. Are you ready for these questions? I am. Okay. So what is, or was your favorite ever class that you've taken and why?
1: So I thought about two answers to this question. Mm. So my favorite class I took in high school was definitely AP English. Mm -hmm. I had a wonderful teacher who had taught it for many years but was just so lively and engaged. And she was the kind of teacher who brought everyone along with her. So everyone in the room was also lively and engaged. And we read great books and had good discussions. And I liked it so much that I took AP English my junior year. And then my senior year, I was her teacher's assistant oh, cool. in the classroom. <laughs> so then I like went through the whole curriculum again and was able to support and learn a little bit about um, the educational delivery experience there too, which was oh, neat cool. for an eighteen year old. Yeah. So that was Miss Burton's uh, A P English class in my Maryland high school. And my second answer to your question was a class I took in college. I went to Brown University in Rhode Island mm-hmm. And because of their open curriculum, they have a lot of really amazing um, and unique course offerings. And none more so than an Africana Studies class I took called mm. The History of Hip Hop, which looked at American history through the development of the, the hip hop musical genre and key like, political and social events that influenced it and luminary artists. In it and how uh, issues of race and economic inequality and police brutality, all of these were both shared by and um, really criticized in the music. And it was just amazing because it was a college level class about something that like, I had appreciated just as a casual listener mm-hmm. that brought like such a, a richer, deeper understanding um, and was really just fun at the end of the day so that was that was my second paper class that I did in, in university
0: oh that sounds awesome oh yes, my final
1: paper was on Tupac
0: <laughs> oh wow oh that's cool um I, I wish we'd had something like that I think we had like you know studying classical music uh at Western where I went to but nothing quite as as cool as that um cause it's yeah just getting to dive into the history and, and then also the cultural aspects around it too Um, what a great way to kind of like re-see, you know, favorite songs or music or or albums or artists. That's, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, okay. And then my final question is, what is the best advice that you have ever received?
1: So it's something my mom has said to me over and over again throughout my life. And I try to remember it when I start to complain about something or feel like just malcontented. Mm. And that is, if you don't like your circumstances, change them. Mm. And what I like about that is that it underlines that you can, right? Mm. It kind of gives you power back by forcing you to think about, well, how can I change my circumstances? Because I know that I can. There's got to be something I can do. And so I've found in my life that when facing problems that feel really big or insurmountable that if I just tell myself that, then it helps me to focus on, well, what are the elements here that I can change to help make a difference?
0: Yeah. And that's, that's great advice. I think, especially right now, um, you know, with what students are dealing with, whether they're in high school or in college or even teachers, um, you know, there's so much pressure and stress on teachers right now and, um, being able to kind of take a minute and, and reframe and recenter, um could make a world of difference, I think, especially um mental health and, and everything that's happening right now. So that's that's Absolutely. brilliant advice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. I truly appreciate it. Um, I think this is fantastic information. I think it's very timely information. Um, you know, especially as as students are, I have some friends who are school counselors and I know that they're gearing up to take the SAT and, um, you know, different things. So I think this will be really great for, for students to hear and, um, you know, if they're planning on retaking it or if they're juniors and they're thinking, what is going to happen next year? Um, You know, this just provides a lot of really great information. So thank you so much for your time and and your energy.
1: You're welcome. This was really a pleasure. And I hope that it was useful to folks listening
0: out there. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who tuned in today and gave this episode a listen. Um, As always, please, if you can rate, um, subscribe comment things like that that helps us with those tricky algorithms uh, remember you can follow us on instagram at podcast college talk if you have questions please send me an email talk at gmail.com and as always you can check out our website which is podcastcollegetalk.weebly.com there's a ton of free goodies on there and uh, do your fafsa already come on all right It was my absolute pleasure to chat with you all today here on College Talk.